Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time. Their husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. And you can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. But more importantly, you'll get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be your one of your largest assets and your mortgage likely to be your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get entered to win that free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. But again, get that free consultation to set up all of your options. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. NVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Guys, got a new great deal at MSU Denver. Use the code DNVR Sports when you're applying, and they will waive your application fees. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back to the days of applying for colleges, but those application fees, you know, they can be uh, a real pain in the in the ass. So. Uh, Check them out, MSU Denver online. Use the code DNVR Sports and get those application fees completely waived as you get yourself set up for a rigorous and affordable education taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver is convenient and their students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So you know it's perfect for you if you're trying to keep working that full-time job earn your degree, further that education, and move up in the world. Check them out, MSU Denver Online. And again, use the code DNVR Sports when you sign up and you will not pay an application fee. My boys, what's going on? Happy Friday, little bum talk maybe? Boy, this is a this is a great day heading into some football playoffs. It is a great day, and uh, I have been – this week has gone by so slow because I am so excited for the football this weekend. Um, I just – I can't help myself but to just like every few minutes think like, oh, my God, like Ravens-Bills, that's going to be awesome. Browns-Chiefs, like I hope that one is good. I don't know. It's just – it's going to be a good one. Man, it's going to be a great one. This is truly the first week in my life 
where I had, I woke up every day and truly had no idea what day it is. Actually, I had to look at my calendar today to make sure it was Friday, just because, you know, the, the George Payton news coming in on Wednesday kind of felt like a Monday instead, but man, Mm -hmm. it's got to be a good weekend for John Elway. You know, he can kind of really, really step back now and uh, hit the golf course, watch the games. I'm sure he may fly to California. This is his first weekend as uh, I, I want to say off, even though he's still on the job. It's a, I was going to say first weekend as a free man, free from the, uh, from the day-to-day responsibilities. Now, I wouldn't say that he may be in California. I'm sure that plane already went to California. <laughs> I'm sure he's there. I was just kind of randomly discussing it yesterday. Um, I wonder how many games John Elway will go to this year. Boy, that's a good question. I, I would I bet he, think I bet he goes them. to all of them. But that I, may be would, the only yeah. thing that he's at in person. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say I'll bet he goes to most of them. I'll, I, I'm there. Maybe, maybe he looks at uh, Cleveland and says, I'm taking a pass on that trip, for example. <laughs> But I'll bet you he's at every home game. I'll bet you he's at Vegas and uh, the Charger game and uh, maybe the Chiefs game just because of the the rivalry. But uh, he's he's on his own schedule now. He's on his own plan. He's on his own time. So that's and he's on the Broncos' dime. That that's what we're talking about today. Is what Uh, I was going to say. We're going to go game by game and guess which games John Elway is at. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say maybe now that he's not the GM, he can. Throw in a lipper in peace without being put on TV. <laughs> Not have to sit in the very front row, can sit further back. Yeah, you know, he can be in hiding and not have everyone judging him. Um, I wonder how the coaches will feel, though, if with him not being in their box, because we'd often see him in the coach's box, kind of sitting in that second row with the coaches in the front. I wonder how they'll feel with him not being there. Probably more comfortable. <laughs> um like can you imagine the uh remember what the report that came out about vic fangio moaning and groaning over <laughs> every offensive play call yeah <laughs> you imagine you're like plot right west blah 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 and you just hear john be like "Ugh, really <laughs> like, oh god uh audible change that <laughs> yeah no, never mind never mind kill 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 <laughs> um uh I can't believe that George Payton got hired on Wednesday. If you had asked me right just now, like what day was he hired? I would have said Monday. <laughs> Hasn't it felt like a week? Yes, it has. It's felt <laughs> like a full week, a full week has gone by since he's been hired. And uh, it really only has been a day since the day he was hired. But yesterday he spoke uh, with uh, DenverBroncos.com. We learned a little bit more about the hire. Zach, what did you take away from from that interview? Well, the biggest thing that I took away, well, first off, we we talked to Rick Spielman earlier in the day. Of course, that's Vikings general manager. Uh, and George Payton has been his right-hand man for 20 years and also his best friend for 20 years. So he knows him the best. And guys, the biggest thing that I took away from that conversation was just how much of a grinder George Payton is. And it's not a surprise. He started in the NFL as an intern back in, in the late 90s. You have to be a grinder if you're not just going to make it in the NFL, but but especially if you're going to go up the ladder. So that's the first thing 
about George Payton. And then what I learned from him talking to him yesterday was just how much of an emphasis this team truly is going to have on draft and developing. And that's something that is new for the Broncos. I think every Broncos fan and, and, and us, we're going to have to retrain our brains just to how we view this team this year going forward, expectations, where money spent, all of that stuff is going to have to change with George Payton in town. I think they've always wanted to have the emphasis on draft and development, but uh, the problem is you've had some players that weren't worthy of the development time after being drafted. I mean, ideal situation would have been that Carlos Henderson became a player, but it was clear pretty much within about a, a half dozen practices that he didn't have, uh, that they didn't have what it took. So if you, to get the draft and develop right, you've got to make sure you've got a good, good quality player worthy of development. And so that goes to the work that they put in. And, you know, one of the things that Rick Spiegel mentioned about George Payton was that in terms of, the draft, they incorporate analytics and who supervises the analytics department with the Minnesota Vikings or who did until this week, George Payton. So that's something that encourages me because you have somebody who has kind of the old school background came up by being an area scout and then a, and then a, a director of scouting and moved into the position of being Spielman's right hand in Minnesota, but yet He's also incorporating kind of the new school stuff with analytics. So somebody who appears to be very open-minded. Real quick on Carlos Henderson. (laughs) How many (laughs) third round picks in history do you think were ever never once active for an NFL team? Well, he's not the only Bronco one because Maurice Claret was a third round pick too. And he, oh, nev- he was he never was given a jersey for any team ever. He he never not in the regular season. He actually never even played in the preseason for the Broncos. Wow! So Carlos Henderson wow. has him by one play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that was that was game one, and it was the opening kickoff of preseason, right? Yep. And he broke his thumb, oh, wow. not catching the ball. Wow! Wow! Well, he had some pretty he had some pretty cool cars. The Broncos at least gave him that. They did give him that. Remember, there was like he like showed up, like he didn't show up, then he showed up. <laughs> I remember. They, yeah, he showed up after he was hurt. He just walked into the building at about one fifteen on the day of the eclipse. Do you guys remember that a few years ago? And he just yep. he's. He just and he doesn't park in the player lot. He parks in the staff lot out front and just walks, you know, walks up. La di da di da do do do. Gosh, the weirdest thing about all of that wasn't that Vance Joseph's brother who coached him in college yep. too. Yep. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Very weird. Maybe. Maybe he didn't give his brother a good enough Christmas present or something the year before. Yeah, that was like vengeful. Oh, oh, you got to get this guy super hard worker, does all the right things. Very cerebral like, well, he, player. <laughs> he looks like a fifth rounder. Oh, no, no, no. You got to get him in the third. <laughs> but he was like a baller in college. He was. Mm-hmm. I think he had the 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 highest yards per catch in college his, his last year. Yeah, and highest yards after contact. Mm, uh, yep. So – Crazy. And I think the, way back, I believe the Broncos had a second round pick who also never got in, in the preseason. That was Paul Toviesi. 
that was a Mike Shanahan special in 2001. And poor Paul Toviesi, Shanahan couldn't even pronounce his name properly when he did his draft press conference. He got up and said, Paul uh, Tovasier. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> at least it wasn't a uh 18 million dollar a year quarterback oh, <laughs> oh. Okay. oh man anyways Wait, you guys yeah I those mean, days yeah, he... are behind us <laughs> yes move on let's it, it's our last chance to reflect on all these days uh because all because all of these moves came under personnel executives who were who had worked with the Broncos before as a player or as an or internal promotion or a coach before since in the last 40 years until now. So kind of the, the link has been severed to the past. It's moving forward with a head coach who didn't have any Bronco connections before he got the job and a GM who didn't have any Bronco connections before he got the job. Man, and in yeah. one year, it's very possible there. It's an owner and a CEO and president that that didn't have any connections mm-hmm. with the Broncos. That's it's crazy. That's it. Just this time period we're in right now. These eighteen months, it's like staggered change, kind of one by one by one, moving in and moving in a new direction. Okay, so draft and develop. Um, if that is the George Payton strategy, what was the John Elway strategy? The John Elway strategy was win now, and that meant do whatever you need to to get players here now. And what is the way to win now? Well, the way to win now is to get guys that are already drafted and already developed. So free agency and what the Broncos did, especially the first few years with John Elway as a general manager, when he got Peyton Manning, when he was making the Aqib Tlaib, DeMarcus Ware, TJ Ward, all of those, Emmanuel Sanders on the offense, all of those signings went completely against how NFL teams succeed. But John Elway had success, and so you have to give him tons of credit for that. But typically, the teams that win in free agency and spend the most dollars and get the highest paid players, those teams typically do not do well. In fact, it's something like it's it's very rare for those teams to actually make the playoffs, the ones that spend the most in free agency. So John Elway defied the odds, and he did that for five years. And then he tried to continue to do that. And we saw what when you're not winning in free agency, you're just spending a lot of money, but you're not actually getting those guys. What happens? And it falls apart. And that is typically what happens when teams win in free agency is what's happened with the Broncos the past couple of years. No playoffs. So we're going from John Elway wanting to win now, get instant results, spend big in free agency uh, to now the, the total opposite approach of we want to pay our players. We want to develop those guys and not necessarily win free agency. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting to kind of compare compare the approaches because what George Payton wants to do, it, it, it means a lot more patience, but it also, like you said, Zach, it mean it means rewarding your guys. And uh, I know one thing that has been a point of frustration uh, very, you know, very quietly, but palpably in the Broncos locker room in recent years has been, okay, why are these guys that come in, why are they getting the big money and the guys that have been around here haven't done that? And looking back on the Elway decade, you kind of wonder if the the first couple of years where they go from 4-12 and 12 to 8-8 eight and eight, and they brought in they, they brought in some guys who helped them right away 
in free agency in that 8-8 eight and eight season. Of course, a lot of it is on Tim Tebow, but you could argue that the offensive MVP that year was Willis McGahee, a veteran running back who just who came in at kind of that last moment because there was no offseason and free agency happened late. And then you go to the next year, and of course, Peyton Manning comes in. And George Peyton talks about how – or Rick Spielman and George Peyton both talk about how there are no shortcuts, but the Broncos got the shortcut early in Elway's tenure, and you wonder if that kind of led to some of the thinking that followed several years later that, okay, we were able to microwave this before. We can microwave this again, and that's why you see Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of – I don't know. I I think that patience and drafting and developing is the right way to start when you've missed the playoffs so many years in a row. And then you wait until you have an opportunity to strike and you make moves. And I, and I look at a team uh, like, like the Buffalo bills, they had a plan, a very concrete plan. They stuck to their plan. They drafted to their plan. They brought in guys. They obviously brought in Josh Allen. Uh, they brought in Tremaine Edmonds. Um, they brought in a bunch of very good players, Tredavious White. And then after last year, when Josh Allen started trending in the right direction, they said, okay, now is the time to make a big splash. And they went and got Stephon Diggs. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm sure there were jokes made at the time about how Stephon Diggs is going to go up to Buffalo and disappear and, you know, that's where the careers go to die and this, that, and the other. And they knew that that was a move that could unlock a piece uh, that to, the, to help them move forward. And I don't know if they thought that it was going to make them this good, but it was an absolute game changer uh, for that offense up there. And, and it, in between him and Cole Beasley, um, they are now a contender. They're a contender. So that is, you know, that's a model that you can follow. You look at some of the other um, playoff teams here, the Ravens, maybe, you know, they, they make um, a couple, they're maybe a little more aggressive in free agency. It feels like they're landing people every year, but also they're also, they're one of those teams where everyone says when someone drafts, when, when they draft someone, everyone's like, Oh, that's going to be a good pick. You know, Patrick queen is a good example of a guy like that. So yeah. they've drafted really well. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are a team whom, you know, most of their important players are drafted players. And all of these teams have something in common. They hit on a quarterback. Uh, and that's always going to be the difference between whether you make it or whether you don't. But the foundations are put in place by drafting players. And I think, you know, um, John Elway has put George Payton in a pretty good position with his last couple drafts. Uh, the Broncos are heading in the right direction. They're trending in the right direction in, in this area. But this is the you know this is the way to do it. You you hit in the draft. You keep your guys around because those are the guys who build your culture. And is in the the better culture you have in place the more chance you have of being able to bring guys in in the draft, fit them into the culture, and keep it rolling. You can really have a snowball effect that gets going when you hit on draft picks, mold them into your culture, and then have them lead that culture moving forward.
Yeah, it's huge. And that's the sustainable way to have a team. Uh, and, and John's was the quick way, but sometimes the quick way is only for a few years. And that's what the Broncos had when they had Peyton Manning and they brought in all those guys in free agency. And Ryan, when you were going through some of these playoff teams that do this, that, that, that do this approach, I think you nailed them on the head. And one team you didn't mention, which I'm happy you didn't mention, is the Green Bay Packers, because they may be too far on the draft and develop side where they don't really go aggressive in free agency at all. And I know that drives some people bonkers, but they, they don't really do that. And one of the things that I love that George Payton said about this was draft and develop is going to be our philosophy. That's our number one priority. But he said, we're still going to be aggressive and we're going to acquire talent any way we can. And he said, they're going to be in every conversation during trades, during free agency, but they just may not strike if it's not the right deal, if it's not the right time. And I love that because I don't want the Broncos to turn into the Green Bay Packers. If the Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers, oh, yikes, it could be it could be rough there. What they whoa, be whoa, looking whoa, at. whoa, whoa. Did you actually give Aaron Rodgers kind of credit for something there, Zach? He's a good quarterback, but I'm going to draw the line right there. There. Whoa, oh, wow. This is a big step forward for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> well, 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 welcome to welcome to the, the bright side. I mean, the dude's going to be hosting Jeopardy. What's not to like about him? <laughs> <laughs> well, ask his family what there's not to like about him. I'm sure uh, I'm sure they'd have some answers. <laughs> oh, but you know, what's interesting is like the where have the Vikings been aggressive at, at what position specifically have they been aggressive at in terms of acquiring help? Not wide it's receiver. Quarterback. Quarterback. They signed Brett Favre. They when Teddy Bridgewater went down, they thought they had a team that could get to the Super Bowl that year. They gave up a one and a four for Sam Bradford. They were in on Kirk Cousins, whining and dining him, taking him to the standard steakhouse meal before signing him to that big money contract. So draft and develop is the thing, but Rick Spielman and George Payton proved that if they didn't feel like they had the answer at quarterback in-house, they would be aggressive in trying to find that answer whether it was in terms of free agency or in terms of trading draft capital to get that. And that's why the, the next few months are going to be so intriguing because that makes you think, well, if they don't, if George Payton doesn't believe in Drew Locke, they could be in, in the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. They could be in on Matt Ryan if the Falcons decide to move on from him. They, they could explore other avenues here. And that's, you know, it's, it's almost like, I mean, they would have liked to have drafted and developed the quarterback. They tried to develop Christian Ponder. They tried to develop Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater was trending in the right direction before he got hurt. But if it's not there, they've been willing to pull the ripcord and go in another direction pretty aggressively and pretty quickly. And this makes me think of another playoff team that did this. They had a lot of pieces that they drafted and developed specifically on the offensive side of the ball and then brought in someone from the outside to take over at quarterback. And that's, of course, uh, the 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 Tampa Brady <laughs> Buccaneers out there <laughs> and uh it, you know it would obviously be a different situation than, than Tom going to Tampa Bay but look it, it could be a similarly enticing situation for a guy like Matthew Stafford to be convinced to come here uh and obviously that it would be more of a development process because it wouldn't be a two-year deal that Stafford would be on he'd be you know your five to ten year quarterback for this team but you look at these playoff teams and you, you can pick every way that that teams have gone and kind of say how the Broncos could do that way as well. Yeah. It, it's a, 
I think it's a little early for that one for the Broncos, to be honest, um, to at least be a real contender. And I, I, I just, I don't know. My gut feeling tells me that George Payton feels the same way. Um, also, um, a nickname potentially, George Patience. Mm, I like that with the draft and develop. Yes. Yep. Yep. They might need to have a little bit of patience. And <clears throat> like I said, I don't know why. I just have this gut feeling that he thinks like, we're another draft or so away from being ready to make a, you know, a pounce on it move um, that could help us, you know, get to the playoffs or become a Super Bowl contender. Um, and and I, I, I just get the feeling that he wants to see things through with Drew Locke. I don't, I don't know where that's coming from or why I feel that way, but that's what my gut is telling me. Um, it just doesn't seem like, he would be a guy to come in and instantly make a big, big splash at quarterback, but I could be wrong. And, uh, and I would, you know, if they do go get a Matt Stafford, like that's a move you can get behind. Um, it's definitely not, it doesn't fit with the idea of draft and develop, of course. Um, but it also, you know, you could say, well, we, he believes the Jerry Judy's and Cortland Sutton's and all that their development needs a quarterback, uh, like Matthew Stafford. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they sort of attack that approach. I wonder how Vic Fangio would feel about that if, they, if it was standing pat with Drew Locke, because even though I spelled out the other possibilities, I, I think in the end, this comes down to a hedge, and it's just who is the hedge. And the hedge is something that the Vikings have done before. They, they hedged on Traveris Jackson, another second-round quarterback back in 08 when they signed Gus Farratt. When Christian Ponder was struggling after a couple of years, they hedged and they brought in uh, Matt Castle, who had started for the Chiefs and taken them to a division title a few years earlier. So what kind of hedge is he looking for? Those, those hedges would tell me that he's probably not looking at the Trubisky-Mariota-type hedge and more of the – he would look more at the, at the Dalton – Tyrod Taylor Fitzpatrick sort of hedge. Okay, so you guys make arguments, and and I think you make good arguments for all of that. Uh, but I'll make the argument for he thinks that this team is trending up. And so he doesn't think this team is going to be in the top 10 in draft picks again, because one of the things he said was the Broncos have a good core of young players. The record doesn't reflect that because they had so many injuries, but I do think they have a good young core of players that will, with this coaching staff will keep getting better. So Ryan, I think that agrees with your point that he doesn't think this is a win now team. He thinks it's going to take a few years. And I agree with that, but where I'll make the counterpoint to, to your, he may want to stick with drew lock is He's gone with first round picks twice. And he's also with the Vikings. They didn't give guys much time to develop. And of course, uh, Teddy Bridgewater did get hurt. So you, you have to put that in there, but they don't give guys much time to get on their feet and show that they can ball. So he could say, we have a top 10 pick. Maybe I want to trade up to get my next guy because the Broncos do have a good core of young players or just sit there. And if my guy falls to me at nine, well, then this, this guy, this rookie is going to grow with these young core of players so that everyone's ready to go in a year or two from now. And that's what makes this off season. So fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we could do a yeah. whole first segment on who might the Broncos go for if they're going for a veteran quarterback. We can do a whole first segment on who might the Broncos go for if they're going for a top 10 quarterback. Heck, we could do a, seg a whole first segment on each and every top 10 quarterback that there might be. Uh, and of course, yeah. you know, we could talk about Drew Locke till the cows come home. So uh, it's 
there's plenty of angles to go with this. And, and one thing I love even more, the two first round quarterbacks that they went with are polar opposites, uh, you know, Christian Ponder and <laughs> yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. So you can't, you can't even peg that down and be like, okay, well, you know, uh, Trey Lance wouldn't really fit in his wheelhouse or Mac Jones wouldn't really fit in his wheelhouse. Like he's gotten the whole spectrum and you could fit anyone in between Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And Trey Lance is particularly yeah. interesting there because I imagine that George Payton has probably done some work on him because the Vikings, they do extensive work on the players in their backyard. That's something that they've always emphasized. And I'm sure that uh, there's already been a dossier compiled on Trey Lance uh, for the Vikings. And I'm sure that George Payton has had a look at uh, Trey Lance and it's probably been a part of putting together that dossier. So he may have already done his homework there on the kid from North Dakota state, man. He is so intriguing. Um, most polarizing player in this year's draft. Yeah. The more I watch him, the more I like him. Um, I Don't you think some team is going to fall in love with him and he's going to go higher than pretty much everyone expects? Because all it takes is one team. And also, he, he is really intriguing when you watch him, Ryan. But also, the fact of the unknown is just always so appealing and he does have a lot of unknown about him and so i just i see him going a lot higher than people at least think right now maybe he does pick up some steam but i just see one general manager falling in love i think that's absolutely true because if you love trey lance you can literally make the case that his traits are up there with trevor lawrence Uh, the arm strength the athletic ability the size all of those things, like like I said, you know, you're not going to make the case that he's better than Trevor Lawrence right now, but you can make the case. Look at his arm. Look at his size. Look at his speed. That's Trevor Lawrence. He just wears a different uniform. If you don't like Trey Lance, you can make the case that his talent gap is even bigger than Mac Jones' talent gap when they stand out there on the field. You know, North Dakota State uh, is even, maybe even more of a powerhouse in their uh, world than Alabama is in their world. So you can go wherever you want. It's why Macy said he's the most polarizing prospect in this year's draft. Uh, And, you know, you you also have the idea that he's coming from a more pro style offense, uh, which Mm -hmm. will help him. But someone will absolutely fall in love with him. Uh, And if they are patient and are willing to draft and develop with him, I think they could end up with with the second best quarterback in this year's draft. Maybe even the first if things go crazy. You and Pro Football Focus are thinking the same way because PFF, the last mock draft they had, had Lance as the fifth quarterback off the board, but going to the Denver Broncos at number nine. I wouldn't. I mean, I would not hate it. I would not. (laughs) The crazy part is you could probably even make the case to draft Trey Lance and stay with Drew Locke. Yeah, you, you, you could, you could, although I wouldn't like that personally, uh, but man, Trey Lance would be the ultimate draft and develop type of quarterback. And that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, okay, we're giving Drew Locke another chance. And we're also, we also have Trey Lance in our back pocket. And, and, and obviously internally you have a, a long-term plan. Your plan is probably like if Drew Locke falls out, we're going to try and trade him. Um, or if Drew Locke balls out, we keep him and try and trade Trey Lance, you know, wherever you're at. But again, I just love the fact that we can't like point to Trey Lance and be like, well, that's just, you know, he's, it's not a fit or 
it's too long of a development period for John Elway and Vic Fangio to want that guy. Like, you know, they're not calling the shots anymore. So uh, it could really be anything. Trey Lance to me, uh, he excites me. He really does. When I, when I watch his film, uh, that, that gets me going uh, much more than say Mac Jones. (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) I, I don't know what you what you don't like about uh you know 78% completion, tons of touchdowns, no interceptions, good decision making. I know it's not sexy, but uh at the end of the day, when when you're putting up in the NFL like 40 touchdowns to seven interceptions, that's pretty sexy to me. Yeah, it doesn't I don't run. Know if that's ever going to happen. It, it, it's <laughs> it's I, I I'm not fully um in uh, decided on my Mac Jones evaluation. Um, but when I look at traits, I want them to check off, you know, a certain number of boxes and I'm just, I don't like, I think he checks off accuracy and that's Not decision-making decision-making is so easy for him though. The decisions are just so obvious and easy in that offense that I, I can't, I, I'm not saying it's, it's an X next to that box. I'm just saying, I don't know if I can check it yet because his, he just, the decisions are so easy and obvious, like throw the ball to Devonte Smith is not a decision that you have to make. You just do it. The other My thing favorite. that, yeah, the other thing I'm concerned about with Mac Jones guys is he is decidedly a pocket passer with no run threat in an era where it's moving more toward guys who can do some things with their legs, who do have that element. I wonder if Mac Jones maybe is coming along 20 years too late. Yeah, and and, uh, I think this is another case where someone will say, like, we can win with that. You know, like Jared Goff went number one overall. He's a decidedly pocket passer. Um, So, you know, there's – there's a case to be made every which way you can point to the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is still winning and Tom Brady's still winning and Drew Brees is still winning. And, and my counter to that would be like, well, yeah, those guys have been understanding NFL defenses for 15 years now. Like they're playing a completely different game uh, than say Josh Allen is playing when he's out there. So I just, I want, there's a baseline uh, of, Thing, uh, boxes that I want to be checked off before I take a quarterback in the in the first round and Mac Jones is just there's a lot of um, incompletes that I have to put into my evaluation because of where he's at well those incompletes are only coming in your mind because they're certainly not coming on the field <laughs> but what, what one of my favorite things about him was something Mace pointed out earlier this week about how does he deal with pressure because he's typically not under pressure and again that that is a knock that some people will have and and I can't calm people's nerves about that except for this stat Mace wasn't it something insane like his completion percentage under pressure is like 87 percent something like that yeah wild wild but 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 if you put pressure on mac jones it means you're putting single coverage on the insane receivers that he has on the outside again i'm not using that as a knock it just (laughs) makes it really hard to know what's happening 
It does. No, th- th- there's no doubt about that. I mean, a- as good as his stats are, there's still so many questions that you're bringing up, Ryan. I just believe that the two most important things that I want from a quarterback to start off with are decision-making and accuracy. And personally, I think he's got both of those with huge green check marks next to it. And then would I like a quarterback to be super athletic? Yeah, that would be a great bonus, but that's not something that I need to have. I think that you can still win in the NFL being a pure pocket passer. Now it's not the way the game is going, but I also think the game is going to come back to pure pocket passes, just like we see these, these ebbs and flows in the game. So I still think that Mac Jones can win, even though when he runs, he does have some goofy slides. Yeah, and he's got a ways to go to be athletic because everyone saw the picture of him in the locker room. I mean, he's See, that was an old picture, though. That's, I know it's still that was from I think his freshman year. Yeah, that mm. is so. That's the freshman fifteen. That's not the dad bod, then, huh? Yeah, I'm sure he's got a little more uh, chiseled up in the four years in the Alabama <laughs> strength program. Maybe he's got uh, the the Peyton Manning six pack that no one expects. Right, it could be. You never know. Um. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where he goes and what ends up happening with Mac Jones. I, again, I'm not anti-Mac Jones. I'm just not sold on Mac Jones. And, and I think that that's very fair. And I'm more on the sold side of him, uh, especially definitely having some bias. But I do understand why people will be skeptical. And, yeah. and this is what I love. You know, like if, if I was a GM and Zach was a GM, we'd just be like – He'd be saying, I think we got to go get Mac Jones. And I'd be saying, I think we got to go get Trey Lance. And those guys are so different uh, in terms of where they are in their development and what kind of players they look like right when they come into the league. And that's what makes the, uh, that's what makes the world go around. And I'd be saying, get the hedge for this year, trade down this year, get capital for next year and put yourself in position to trade up for Sam Howell in 22. Man, I I love I, I love that because it, it's very realistic that that Mac Jones and Trey Lance are on the board for the Broncos at nine. Ryan, are you taking Trey Lance? I would imagine. It, it, if if, you, if the, you have to address quarterback, and the options are what? It's it's those two. Well, let's say Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence are all gone. Okay. Yeah, and you have not you have not addressed it in free agency. Yeah, I'm easily taking Mac Jones right now. And Mace, I don't think he's even letting it get to this point. He's already addressed it in free agency. I well, just because you've addressed it with a hedge doesn't mean you can't draft a guy if the draft board falls that way. And that's one of the things that's going to be interesting is that if they bring in a veteran it doesn't mean the door is closed on them drafting a quarterback because they could watch the board fall a certain way. But if it falls this way, and they're both on the board, and I'm confident in my hedge, I am fielding calls from those teams in the 15 picks behind the Broncos, teams that may want to move up and saying, and what I'm thinking is if I can get a a first-round pick in 2022 to move down, I'm absolutely doing it. I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And guys, since we've touched on some playoff teams, let's get our playoff picks right now for this fun weekend. We start with what I think is the worst game of the weekend. It's good. Just get it out of the way Saturday afternoon. Rams at Packers. Packers six and a half point favorites. How you guys feel about this? Oh, man. I just don't think the Packers – I don't think the Rams can – generate enough offense to stay in this one um i think their defense will do a 
great job. Um, a commendable effort from them. But in the end, I think they lose this game something along the lines of uh, 24-14. Mm, so you're taking the pa- the Packers with the points there. Who Mace, and, and I'll pose this question to you when you give your pick. Who wins the battle between Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey? Ooh, I mean, define win. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those types of things that we saw with champ Bailey sometimes toward, especially toward the end of his career, we'd see a stalemate. I remember champ Bailey going against AJ green, for example, and Bailey had a pick and green had a touchdown. So you basically kind of called it even between the two. I think, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey will make a, an interception, but I think he'll make a couple of plays on the, on the ball against Devontae Adams. And I think Adams will have a couple of catches, but I don't think he'll have a touchdown. And I think the Green Bay is going to have to get there in other in ways other than Devontae Adams. I think that the, the Rams do hold the Packers down, do hold them to roughly 20 points. I just see, can't see the Rams generating much offense in this game. So I'm taking I'm taking the Packers and giving the points. Oh, gosh. Okay, my advice for this game uh, is do not listen to me right now, but I I, I can't pick the Packers, guys. Come on, especially with the points. I would not listen to me. This is not betting advice, this one. Uh, I'm going to go Rams, even though I really do not like their offense. Let's just say Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey make this a game. And if if the Rams want any shot, they're going to have to rely on those two guys. And heck, if I'm relying on any defensive player in the entire NFL, I want it to be Aaron Donald. So I do like that, but I do not like the Rams offense. So I'll say we'll go 16, 16 to 10. The, the Rams oh. lose, but they cover the spread just a tiny, tiny bit. But guys, you know, I'll be, I'll be definitely cheering for Aaron Donald, not just to cover, but to win this game. Uh, uh, <laughs> real quick, you asked who wins that battle. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers gets out of the pocket and finds uh, Devontae Adams on a deep post uh, where he beats Jalen Ramsey. Ooh, for a touchdown? Oh man, I love it. And so I'll, I'll go against you and I kind of have to saying they're going to hold the Packers to 16. I'm going to say Jalen Ramsey wins this one, but man, what a great matchup. I love this. I, I, I'm so excited for these games. Yeah. Oh, me too. And now the next one, man, one I'm really excited about Sunday or Saturday night Ravens at bills guys, this line's been changing in kind of important ways. Now it's sitting at three bills are favored. They get the home three point advantage. Who do you guys like? I got to go with the bills. Um, they're my super bowl pick. So, uh, that's who I'm going to ride with. Um, I've got, I've got bills Packers. So both of my, uh, both of my teams being put to the test here uh, at the very beginning of, of the day in the, in the uh, divisional round. Um, I think the Bills were – they looked a little jittery to start the last game. Uh, I think they got those early playoff jitters out now, and they can get back to the well-oiled machine that they are. You know, if this were back in the day and Jimmy the Greek were still on the air, he'd probably make some kind of excuse not to pick this game probably say oh it's too close to call you know is jimmy garoppolo a decent mac jones comp no no don't be putting that don't be putting that on my guy (laughs) i think he is oh no 
No, I don't like that one. I'm just going to say no. <laughs> I'm sure of you course don't. you don't. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, maybe a better Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what are your – because the weather is supposed to be weird. And here's the thing that I do not like about this game. And to be fair, all I saw was a headline earlier this week about Lamar Jackson never having mm-hmm. played in snow, and he doesn't want to start that on, on Saturday. Guys, I really, really want to pick – the Ravens, especially with the points in this game, just again, because I knew Ryan was going to be picking the bills. I wanted to do something different, but that scares the beep out of me. I can't, I cannot believe. And again, I don't really know the full quote, but I hate my starting quarterback saying that, saying that I'm going to take the Ravens with the three points. This just last night, the line was two and a half. So that half point really does make a big difference for me. So if you're going to ride with the Ravens, get it right now when it's at three. Yeah. I think he was like kind of tongue in cheek, just saying like, I hope, I hope not. And like, so, you know, he wasn't I saying hope like, so. <laughs> um, but it's crazy. I mean, you, you know, you think about where he's played before uh, it kind of makes sense that he hasn't had a snow game. People think that like snow games happen all the time. The fact that Drew Locke had two snow games in his first 16 career NFL games is pretty rare. Um, I so, wish snow games happened more in the NFL, but you're right. They don't. I, for a guy who has had trouble passing from the pocket in the playoffs during his career, it does have to worry you a little bit that he, he's going to be doing, doing it with probably colder hands than he's ever had. His feet better be pretty darn good. Wait, and Mace, uh, I didn't write your pick down. Who who do you got? Buffalo, but I I wouldn't use that as the basis for any cash wager. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this. I love this. I wanted to go against the grain, and so far I am. All right, guys, Sunday's game. We've got the Browns going into Kansas City. Chiefs, 10-point favorites. 10 for the second round of the playoffs. That is crazy, especially with how good the, the Browns looked. Who do you guys like? Uh, give me the Browns for sure. Uh, just too many points. Uh, I'm sure that Mahomes will pull out some magic late in the game and they'll win and you know everyone will be all over him for the rest of the week. But uh, I think this is a pretty close, pretty low-scoring game. Uh, until the fourth quarter, uh, in which case uh, the 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 Chiefs pull away late. Wow! So, but they keep it within the Browns keep it within ten, even though the Chiefs pull away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the Chiefs. Let's see if I can come up with a score here. I think the Chiefs win the game thirty to twenty-one. Okay. Okay. I like that. So you would also like the under with that. But you're not going. You're not going Browns money line at plus four hundred. I mean, I probably will after I have a few drinks. <laughs> well, what may be good is, man, wait till the Browns get down a touchdown after the Chiefs' first drive. Then that money line will be up to like six, eight hundred. The Chiefs have just been starting so slow on offense recently. I don't know if that's going to happen. And the Browns certainly did not start slow last week. Yeah. I'm personally going with this game. Uh, I really don't like the 10 points. I'm extremely confident the Chiefs are going to win this game. So I would not touch Brown's money line at all. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Just in the Chiefs. There you are. Welcome back, Zach. We lost you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, guys. Uh, just to do something a little different. 
And I'm going with the Chiefs too. And the interesting thing, going to let recent history be my guide here. Five Chiefs playoff games with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback. They, of course, have won four. All four of them have been by at least 11 points. So, as usual, there's some wisdom in the line here. And I think uh, that they win this one by a similar margin, say 42 to 30. I love that. I really hope I'm wrong and that this becomes a shootout like the game we talked about the other day when these two met in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the Browns are really going to try to play ball control. Uh, and so we'll see how that works out for them. Probably smart. I do love the over in this game, which is at 57, which is, is huge over, but I love it. Also, maybe just because that's a fun game that I'll be cheering for. How's the weather looking in uh, KC? It's a, good, yet? it's a good question. I know in Baltimore, the weather is actually going to be better, or not in Baltimore, in uh, Buffalo, the weather's going to be better. It's only going to be snow flurries as of now. But for okay, this flurries. game. So Chiefs-Browns, that's uh, the early Sunday game, right? Yep, yep. One, 1 o'clock Sunday. And, all right, looking at uh, 40 degrees for a high, 27 for a low, mostly cloudy, winds out of the west-northwest at 14 miles per hour. That'll so, do. Nothing too crazy. No, nothing too crazy. too crazy. Little breezy. Little breezy, that's it. And we don't have to worry about the weather in this Sunday night game where we got the Bucks going into New Orleans inside the Dome. Saints three-point favorites. Who do you like? Oh, Ooh. man. Uh, as many have uh, joked, this game should be played on the History Channel based on the age <laughs> of the two play, uh, two quarterbacks. Um, I think that this is a push. I think that the uh, Saints win on a last-second field goal. Ooh, I like it, and that's the game that we need. Um, man, I like that you're calling a push here. Mace, who do you like? Do you like your Tampa Bay Bucks to pull off the upset and be in the NFC Championship game? I don't. It's not because I don't oh. like uh, their offense. I think they'll put up some points, as they have been. They've scored at least 31 points now in four consecutive games. It's that I just don't trust their defense right now. Gave up 23 points to an offense led, led by Taylor Heineke. Uh, they've, you know, they gave up 38 to the saints back in November. I think the bucks make it a lot closer than they did against the saints back in that November eighth game where the bucks lost 38 to three, but not enough to get the dub. Give me mm. the saints. Mm. Well, Mace, I got good news for you. The Buccaneers are going to win this game. They're not just going to cover the three or they're, they're not just going to keep within three. They're going to win this game straight up Mace as you're holding up your little, is that a bobblehead bucks? It's a pocket pro old school pocket pro that you used to get from a gumball machine. Wow. I love it. Well, they're going to be repping this week, Mace. The Buccaneers are going to win this game. It's so hard to beat a team three times in a year. And also you got Tom Brady. The Saints typically choke in the playoffs. The Tom Brady does not choke in the playoffs uh, very much. So give me the Bucs to win this game straight up. Love them on the money line as well. All right. Well, all this time that you, you, I mean, you might, you're going to be spending probably six to eight hours on the couch each on Saturday and Sunday. And what are you going to need to accompany you, but some delicious Breckenridge brews. You know, we had someone tweet at us yesterday 
that they had been hearing about the Breckford locator but had no confidence that it was going to have to pull up uh, any results around them. And they finally just, you know, broke down and tried it out and ended up finding tons of Breck brews around them. So, you know, don't doubt the Breck brew locator. Pull it out, see what you can find. Get yourself some juice drop IPA. Get yourself some strawberry sky. Uh, you know, patients came down to the bar the other day and uh, she was telling us that, you know, she used to be a diehard blue moon drinker. And then she found the strawberry sky and completely abandoned blue moon for the new light. That'll be you. You know, whatever your favorite beer is, try out a Breck Brew, use the Breck Brew locator, uh, and become converted like the rest of us. Check them out. Breck Brew, that's what's going to take your divisional round weekend to the next level. Mm, man, that sounds good. And another thing you could do this weekend as you're sitting on the couch watching football is learn another game such as rugby. And we have the best place to do that. Of course, our Colorado rugby coverage isn't just Colorado rugby coverage over at the DNBR. It's American rugby coverage because Infinity Park in our backyard in Glendale is known as Rugby Town USA, meaning we have the insight to all things USA rugby. So make sure to check us out at ddnvr.com where our reporter Colton Strickler does a great job breaking down the game and also letting you know what's going on in the game right now. Also check them out on podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts at DNVR Rugby and of course on Twitter at DNVR Rugby and give our reporter Colton Strickler some love on Twitter as well. All right, let's move into the questions from the listeners. Who's got the first one? Orange crushing it. I'll take this one. When we're talking about the Broncos hedging their bets with a vet QB, I wonder if that truly is in the best interest of the team. On the last pod, Mason Zach, we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, and Zach mentioned if Locke goes off the rails, they can bring in Teddy B and be flirting with eight and eight or nine and seven. But isn't that the worst case scenario for the Broncos? If they are six games in and go one and five, isn't it time to just let the season play out to four and 12 or five and 11 again and get another top 10 pick and a chance at a tier one quarterback? I would hate finding out that Locke wasn't the guy, then watching the team climb from one and five to eight and eight, ending the season with the 18th pick in the draft or something, knowing we had yet another year with no shot at a top QB pick and getting stuck in QB limbo again. I would rather lean all the way into Drew at quarterback. I don't even want to think about, uh, you know, going four and 12 or five and 11 again. Yeah, you know who this isn't good for? This is not good for Vic Fangio. And so that's just, that's why um, I agree with you, Orange Crushing It. I personally do not want the hedge. Uh, I don't want that at all. But this is just something that I could see being the best interest for some of these guys, especially Vic. Do you think Teddy B goes back to being a veteran hedge for a team rather than a starter? It... I think if he's brought in here and that would be via a trade, I I would imagine that he'll be given an opportunity to start, but it would be in like a hedge role. So yeah, I I think that would be his, his role right now. And the reason why his name came up is because of course, George Payton has plenty of familiarity with him. And that's, this is something that could kind of play itself out over the off season because maybe the Panthers hold tight to Teddy B until the draft but if they find their quarterback of the future then maybe they become more amenable to a trade and the interesting thing with the Bridgewater contract is that if they cut him the dead money hit is astronomical I believe it's 20 million dollars so I don't think they're going to do that but a trade is far more palatable 
Mm, yeah. So how much are you willing to give up? And I, I don't think you'd be giving up a, a high first round pick or uh, even a second in order to get him. It'd be kind of a salary dump that probably be, you'd probably be talking about a fifth round pick. Right. Trey Lance could definitely be a Panthers style quarterback. Mm, yes, I could see that but, for sure. But Lance might, Im- it might inspire them to stick with Bridgewater because that would allow Lance to incubate slowly. I think if it were somebody like Mac Jones, on the other hand, they may try to get him out there a little bit faster. From Polish Filipino, now that it's the offseason, I'm back to my regularly scheduled over-optimism of the team. What I keep thinking about is that Peyton makes some great moves and get uh, get in the Broncos get back to regularly being competitive next season. But then I also get concerned that the difference in games next season is the game management and decisions that the head coach makes. That makes me nervous. Can Vic be a part of the solution? Boy, I hope so. Well, I have some good news for you, uh, Polish-Filipino. There was a quote that came out yesterday. See if I can find it here. Uh, I saw it on Twitter uh, from account at Mace Denver. Uh, it, It said, Vikings GM Rick Spielman says George Payton is, quote, an outside the box thinker looking for competitive advantages, says that the Vikings analytics department, which Peyton helped build, has helped the Vikings in the draft process. And why is that? And why is that exciting to me? Uh, Because I think that maybe George Payton will be the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The guy who pushes forward uh, the Broncos turn towards analytics and potentially brings in uh, someone to help Vic Fangio to make analytical decisions in big moments. And I just don't know why Vic would be against that. If Peyton says, look, I'm bringing someone in to help you. That way you can get zoned out and focus just on the defense during games. This guy will just tell you, okay, take a timeout. Don't take a timeout. Challenge or don't challenge. It, It should be something that Vic welcomes. Absolutely. Next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea of getting a hedge quarterback for one season, trading back from nine to accumulate a first-round pick next season and finding out if Locke is the guy or not. If he is, then you have a franchise quarterback and two first-round picks to help him out. If he isn't, then you have ammunition to go get your guy next draft. How say you? It's the best. It's kind of the best of both worlds here. I think uh, you have a plan for the future if you have to go forth with it. But you've also basically given Drew Locke another shot and, uh, and give, him a, give him another year to develop. And so then, kind of like the, the Vikings were with uh, Traveris Jackson when they went in and gave him the starts early in year three before they, they, they pulled the plug on him. And then actually he went back in at the end of the year after Gus Farratt went hurt and did well and then squandered his progress in a bad playoff loss. And then Christian Ponder, they ran him back for year three, but they had Matt Castle waiting in the wings. I think that's the best way to kind of make sure you're covered. That being said, you, I'd like the hedge to be of a, of a quality to where if you had to play that guy for 13 or 14 games with the talent assembled around him, you could still envision the team getting to 10 and six and being a playoff team. So I don't want a fringe hedge. I want, Someone of quality, someone who will probably cost you five to seven million dollars. Yeah, shocking, That's but uh, 
yeah, shocking, but I do not like this um, because <laughs> what, what you're saying is you don't really have that much confidence in Drew Locke if you're truly trading back to get more picks to get a quarterback next year. Uh, and also at the same time, and, and if you don't have confidence in your quarterback, then he should not be your quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, and also at the same time, you would be getting an extra pick next year to trade up to probably where you are right now. Because if you get a good enough hedge that Mace is talking about, you're going to be eight and eight or so, seven and nine, nine and seven, and you're going to be 15, 18 in the draft. So that extra first round pick you picked up this year is going to be able to land you right around nine. And this year, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. So uh, I say, if, if you do have that many questions about Drew, where you're planning for the future of quarterback potentially for the future then he's not your guy just make the move now yeah um why I don't like this is because I really don't like the quarterback class in 2022 and I the Broncos keep going into the court the the bad quarterback classes or the lesser quarterback classes you know you look back to the Josh Allen class of course which Broncos could have had Josh Allen um, and then, and you say, okay, the Broncos decided to punt on that one. Well, then they turned around, you know, just a couple, just, what was it the next year? Uh, and that was the year that they went and got drew lock. And you look at that quarterback class and that's Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins and drew lock and just didn't pan out that well, other than Kyler Murray, who's been the best, obviously. And he went number one overall. Uh, and, and you know, you even go back before that because of Paxton Lynch, they didn't end up going and getting a quarterback in the class that, you know, yielded Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So my thing is if you're, if you're thinking about going to get a quarterback and, and you're planning for that, you might as well just go get it this year. I really think we could end up looking back on this class and saying, wow, that, that was one hell of a quarterback class. You know, there's three or four legitimate starters that came from it. But it all comes down to decision-making, right? I mean, in 2016, they picked Paxton Lynch. Bad choice. If they had taken Dak Prescott, great choice. You're not worried about the quarterback position. So in any year, it comes down to you know taking the right the right QB. In 2017, the Bears chose poorly. Their QB one was Mitchell Trubisky. So that's that's the thing. If and that's kind of why I view these guys in my mind on the Sam Howell scale. And yeah, I know there's not the same depth at quarterback right now. It doesn't appear that way. It could change. I mean, Desmond Ritter could take the next steps for Cincinnati this year and play his way toward the, the top of the draft. Keaton Slovis could answer the questions that linger about him and, and be right there. You know, Spencer Rattler could have a great season for Oklahoma and be the next guy that you're looking at coming from out of uh, that program following Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. So you know, just because the landscape doesn't look great now doesn't mean that it doesn't look good in 12 months. Well, and that, that's, that's very agree. true. Yeah, that, that's very true. And Ryan, right as you and I were giving our takes on, and they kind of disagreed and didn't see Mace's viewpoint exactly, uh, a live tweet coming in from Andrew Mason himself at Mace Denver, and it says, and now I remind myself to keep one of my New Year's resolutions, not amplify the horrible take, not amplify the horrible take. Mace, you subtweeting us right now? <laughs> no, uh, just look up Charles Barkley on Twitter right now. Oh boy. Oh God. What did he do? I can't even imagine. He, uh, 
he said that athletes should be allowed to jump the line for COVID because they pay more in taxes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> the I, vaccines. I thought it was going to be something. I thought he was going to say something bad about Nikola Jokic. If it's, you know, <laughs> just about the global pandemic. Uh, yeah, yeah, pandemic. Who cares? <laughs> oh, gosh. Next, Next one, one here from from Casper. Fellas, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea. Oh, we just did that one, didn't we? Uh, from Chalongo Bronco. Hey, guys. Love that the off-season topics just started. On the carb-on-carb sandwich, there's a typical Mexico City food, which is the famous torta de chilaquiles, which is tortilla chips soaked in green salsa, sour cream, and cheese inside bread. Talk about carb bloating. Uh, it is normally taken as breakfast by construction workers since it's flavorful, inexpensive, high-calorie food. Rather, uh, better than a spaghetti sandwich. Sorry, Count. Much love. That does sound better than a spaghetti sandwich, by the way. I'm currently looking for where I can find one of these beautiful sandwiches in Denver and try it out. This sounds amazing. Yeah, it does, especially for breakfast. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Sign, sign me up. What, one of the things that I think is the worst part of a breakfast sandwich or a breakfast burrito is the egg. So if you don't have the egg in there and, and you have this, oh, man, that's that's beautiful. Real quick, guys, uh, Urban Meyer's being introduced in Jacksonville right now. And maybe he's just, you know, playing the game because, you know, no one wants to tip their hand. But he mentioned three quarterbacks as potential number one overall picks. He said Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson as three potential number one overall picks. He says it's going to be one of the most important decisions I make in my lifetime. Wow. Well, there's no question about that, but it's an easy, should be an easy decision, right? I mean, especially if he's not putting Mac Jones in that conversation, that should be easy. It should be easy. The answers are not draft any of those guys at number one. The answer is if for whatever reason you don't want to draft one of the uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence at number one, then you trade back and you uh, get yourself a King's ransom. Yes, you do. I mean, you trade back like two spots, three spots, and then you're still able to get Zach Wilson and a ton. Right. Like, that's what I mean. If, if for whatever reason you think that's even close, which most people don't, you trade back to four even mm-hmm. and, you know, get uh, you could fleece, you know, you could fleece anyone. Make them pay an unbelievable amount, kind of like the types of things we were talking about. You would trade for Deshaun Watson. Man, do you think he's got to be playing the game, right? Oh gosh, yeah. I'm sorry. I think so, but I, I'm, I also I'm tweeting this right now. Why? Yeah, there's no why reason. Why would to you play, play the game? game? Like, uh, I would legitimately just come out and be like, "Yeah, I can't wait to to uh, meet our new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence." You play the game because you do want to see what a team might offer in a trade. Yeah, but that's team, why it's not going to stop anyone from offering whatever they're going to offer. Like I might even oversell it. I might say like, I think Trevor Lawrence walks into the NFL as the best quarterback in the league. And I'm excited to work with him. <laughs> and just build the hype up so much that teams really go crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. That is, that's something else, man. If urban goes in there and doesn't take Trevor Lawrence, that would be something. But do you guys find it at all notable that he didn't include uh, any other quarterbacks in that conversation? Mm, not really, because I think those are the the top three guys universally. Fair. 
But I wish he would have thrown in Mac Jones. But as a, Flor- <laughs> as a Florida guy, he's not going to, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, the thing is, the, the thing about the Jaguars is they're not too far from Gainesville. There's, so there are a lot of Gator fans there, but there are a lot of people who are Georgia fans and a lot of people who are Florida State fans. So, uh, and, and even some Jags fans that are Alabama fans. So I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to be afraid to speak up for anybody from any school in that area. I think, I think he'll be okay. Wait. So since we're talking about urban Meyer, do you guys think he's going to be a success? Yeah. And, and Ryan is, Ryan is shaking his head right when I say that. And it's pretty interesting, at least from the things I've seen, I feel like the hot take right now is to say that he is going to be a success. It, it's crazy just how many people don't think he's going to work out. So I got to ask Ryan, well, why, why is he not going to work out? Um, he's a control freak. And in the NFL, you just can't control things the way that you can in college. Uh, and I think eventually that's going to be his undoing. Now he'll be fine in terms of, you know, it's not going to be a complete train wreck because they're going to have um, Trevor Lawrence and, of course, LaVisca Chenault on their team. But uh, in the end, I just don't think he, he ends up being like a big success, a big hit. Uh, and I think he, end up, he ends up – how long is his contract? Do we know? I have not seen. Standard four-year coach contract. Uh, I, I think he ends up not making it all the way through that. Wow. And here's here's why I think that he will be a success. And and here's my hot take is he will be a success because of Trevor Lawrence. And I, I think that it's really smart of him to be so picky and take this job because he has a number one pick. So yeah, I really don't believe his smoke screen of saying the other quarterbacks. He's smart and he knows that he's going to have the best quarterback prospect in a long time, a generational guy. So I think he's going to be fine because of that. And it's going to be hard to compare his success if, you know, if they brought in someone else this hiring season, but I think he's going to get a second contract. I guess that's how we'll judge this, Ryan. You'll say he won't make it through his first. I'll say he gets a second. I think, yeah, I just, I, yeah. I th- to me, it's for his whole life, he's been able to cheat to win. Uh, and you just can't do that in the NFL. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, and also you have a decided advantage when you're bringing in the best players year after year. It's, uh, you that's know, Nick I mean. Saban, yeah, Nick Saban does that. I mean, it's not necessarily cheating. I mean, if you're, if you're well, legitimately you recruiting, them. yeah. <laughs> so, there are things that he can't that he can't do. That being said, you look at their cap space relative to other teams. You look at how many draft picks they got the two ones, they got the two twos uh, this, this year. And the fact that he's going to be able to name his quarterback and go with him from the beginning, even though they don't have to trade their best player to do it as Jimmy Johnson did back in 1989 trading Herschel Walker for more draft capital. They, there are some echoes here. He is better positioned for success than almost any college coach making the leap to the NFL. So the question is, how do you define success? I would be willing to bet that if Ur- that Urban Meyer coaches four years with the Jaguars, wins more games than he loses, but they hit a plateau and they move on to try and get over the hump. That's how I think this will come. This will turn out. Zach, who wins our bet? Do I still win our bet if uh, his contract just expires? Oh, boy. 
Is that a push? Is mm. are, are we doing the 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 Tom Brady playoff? Do you, push? do you really want to bet on that though? Because hardly any NFL coach's contract expires. They are well, so rarely not. are they working on their la- the last year of a contract. Yeah, that's not really. I was just curious if they, you know, if he just says like at the end of the, or what if he says like at the end of the contract I'm retiring. Oh man, you know what? I I'm confident he's gonna get another one, so I can just right. give that to you. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it'll be really interesting uh, to see what, what you know what's going on. What what ends up happening? I really hope the NFL chews him up and uh, and spits him out, just because I just like it's like the one thing that the NFL really holds over college. It's just like they really do. Your coach just can't succeed here. Like it's a totally different breed. Man, maybe, and I, I sure hope this isn't the case, but maybe Nick Saban steps away and retires in three years, and then Urban just jumps to Alabama and just keeps the tide rolling. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. How old you is You know that could Meyer? definitely – I don't know. That that was my question, too. Nick Saban is 69. Nice. <laughs> also, um, by the way, this or- just coming out of uh, Houston – uh, Cal McNair says Jack Easterby not going anywhere. What are they doing? Like, I didn't even know about this situation until this whole Deshaun Watson thing. This is one of the most absurd situations I've ever seen. Just Jack everyone Easter- hates yeah. this guy. But he's yeah, got and- some kind of voodoo-like hold on on Cal McNair somehow. Like, he, like, he, like he's got the, the hypnosis going, but I do a good job. A good job. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but, but he's not a football person. That's what's crazy. Like, he's it's a chaplain. <laughs> yeah, it's this non-football guy who's like very involved in all of these football decisions. Uh, he's not even like an analytics guy or a numbers guy or anything. He's he's a chaplain. So like, it's it's really weird. And he's like in charge of culture or whatever. Yet everyone hates him uh it just makes no sense wait what is his title his title his title is executive vice president of football operations he was named that title a year ago this month before that he was the executive vice president of team development named that role in april of 2019 so i mean it's just it's his and you look at his bio and it's it's just kind of bizarre like he joined the patriots in 2013 in the role of character coach <laughs> what <laughs> that's that's amazing well the patriots did a good job of planting someone in the texans organization yeah they they've been known to do that <laughs> uh it, it just blows my mind like that this guy who everyone dislikes except for the owner uh is not helping with your relationship with your franchise quarterback and yet you are willing to keep him around it's not about what you know guys it's about who you know and jack easterby apparently knows uh one guy and that's all he needs to be liked by right and he apparently like overruled the uh, like the plan to uh hire omar khan like some of the stuff is just it's like out of like a a tv show if you're a top head coaching candidate why would you go there i mean i guess deshaun watson would be the only reason it's just why would you go to jacksonville because of trevor lawrence you know right right yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and because you, you want to live in London one day, maybe. Maybe. Dan Burke. Hey, guys. I saw a Vikings fan talk about a hypothetical trade. So let me tell you. Oh, God. Here, I saw this. <laughs> Vikings trade Kirk Cousins, their first, which is 14th overall, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Already, this is like a fairyland. Broncos trade their first, ninth overall, 40. Dalton Reisner and Natani Muti. They seem to think that Dalton Reisner was a depth piece and uh, not a multi-year starter that's been better than any player on the Vikings' interior O-line. So I'd probably take him out of the deal. But other than that, I don't hate it. I do. I hate everything about it. Um, Kirk Cousins, you're absorbing a ridiculous contract for a player who's not good enough for it. Uh, who's on, you know, he's only gotten older since he signed that contract and hasn't gotten any better. Um, and you're, you're moving back in the first and you're giving away, you know, Dalton Reisner, who would be an important part of protecting Kirk Cousins. And the only person who could replace Dalton Reisner on the line in the Tawny Muti. It makes no sense. I don't like the trade, but if the Vikings did trade him, and Minnesota's still on the hook for what's left of the uh, the the prorated portion of his signing bonus, then effectively you'd be looking at forty six million over two years, so twenty three million per for Kirk Cousins. Man, what I don't like That's about this still is ridiculous. It, what what I really don't like about this is it just goes completely against what we talked about, and this wouldn't be the time to strike if you're going the draft and develop route. This, this is not the time to strike with the, with the Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins would would get you to be in the playoff conversation. Yes, he would be an upgrade at the quarterback position. But the Broncos don't just need an upgrade; they they need to find the guy and. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not a guy that can be the guy. So I really wouldn't like this. But he does pizza ranch commercials. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's exactly why he's not the guy. Yeah, exa- I exactly. Pizza ranch, I think pizza ranch might be going under. Well, the buffet concept, uh, you know, in this, in this day and age doesn't really seem all that pal- palatable. So. R.I.P. Um, I hate the trade. And I think that, um, George Payton is probably smart enough to realize like the Vikings got that one wrong. Uh, I gave him another contract. Maybe not Payton, but the Vikings did. So I don't know about that. God, I can only hope that (laughs) he would say like, yeah, we, we can do better than that. I would hope uh, I would it, 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 if the Broncos are going to do that. And I know they would be getting the, the Vikings 14th overall pick, but if they're going to do that, I'd way rather have them use their first round pick on a quarterback, just swing on a quarterback. If you're going to do that. Exactly. I completely agree. Orange and blue Aussie. This was, uh, this was fun guys on real fans versus Fairweather. Mace. I do agree with uh, the ability. If you move or adjust your fandom or if ownership screws you over the ability to change, I just try to keep, post as short as I can, which is hard for me. So when I came to USA, uh, we came to St. Louis, so I became a fan of the Blues, but also the baseball Cardinals and football Cardinals. We ended up in Fort Collins after four years, so I was exposed to the Broncos uh, even when it was Floyd Little and not much else. When Bill Bidwell screwed St. Louis over and after seeing Broncos country as a great group, I became a diehard. Ended up in Texas in the 1977 Super Bowl versus the Cowboys started the pain but i stayed with the broncos and will always had to endure zero and four 
in our first goes, but we've gotten to three and five, and we will get above 500 in time. I'll cheer for the baseball cards and blues hockey, but if either team has success, I smile. RK, uh, you also like Zach, born in mile high, and cheer for all things Colorado. Yes, uh, all things Colorado except Colorado State. <laughs> but if they're playing Nebraska, who are you rooting for? Probably the meteor, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, it's got to be easy. Come on, just say it. Go Rams. I would not say that, but I will say, yeah, I would cheer for CSU in that case. <laughs> so, I, actually, I wouldn't cheer for them ever. I would just prefer they win. So your your son is a uh, is an athlete of football. He's got a scholarship to two schools, Nebraska and CSU. And unfortunately, CU didn't offer him. So he has the option of taking, you know, full ride scholarship to Nebraska or CSU. Or I guess he can try walking on to see you without any scholarship. What what are you recommending to him? Uh, I would tell him to go to Nebraska. Oh, whoa. Why? You you get to play in the Big Ten. Uh, You have a much better chance of making it to the NFL. Uh, It's, uh, you know, it it would not be fun. But, yeah, I would would have him go to the better football school. And would you wear wear a Nebraska sweatshirt? (laughs) A a big honking red sweatshirt <laughs> with Nebraska in white across the front. Are you wearing that? Man, I can't predict the future. And uh, I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that, you know, people with kids would say that, you, you know, your love for them trumps anything. But uh, right now I would say, no, I would not. I would just wear like a black t-shirt to his games. Oh, mm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a fun, that's a fun road. Hey, and it wouldn't be the worst road to be talking about, you know, your son yeah, being a, a D1 exactly. athlete. <laughs> I, I would assume though, if he has an, a, an offer from Nebraska, he also has some other decent offers other than CSU. Well, what I was going to say was actually that, that, that uh, could mean good things for CU as well. It could mean that CU is just so good. They're so much better than Nebraska that their program just, you know, can't be offering that the type of players that Nebraska is offering. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully Next. he would also get an offer from like, I don't know, um like, Kansas State. That's much better, but still like <laughs> can we have it be in a nice place? Like how about even like San Diego State or like oh, hmm. so even dad, then, dad can go to some nice home games. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> or or just like a pack like one Pac twelve school. Hmm. What's what's the the worst Pac-12 school location? Washington Probably State, Coleman, easily. Washington. Coleman. Oh. <laughs> you go to the end of the earth and you turn left. Oh gosh, <laughs> it, it's way out there. It is way out there in in the Palouse, as they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Jazzy Bronco chiming in. Thanks, guys, for the amazing coverage. Hard to believe we are rolling through another off season, but glad to do it with the DNVR family. Wanted to share on the favorite teams comment as I like Mace having an interesting mix. I grew up in small town central Utah, so the Jazz are my only in-state team, so they have always been the basketball team. For football, my mom grew up in Littleton and is a Broncos fan, and my dad is a diehard Raider fan, so I obviously wow. made the right Ooh. choice there. Baseball is the most interesting 
when I was five, my dad brought home some football car- or some baseball cards for to feed for helping him feed the cows. I opened my first pack and the card on top was a Daryl Strawberry rookie card. So I took the Mets based on that and for the last 35 years. Although I also like seeing the Rockies win. For hockey, I have always rooted for Avs, but also like the Golden Knights since the NHL expansion into a city I'm just an hour and a half away from. Could expansion be another valid reason to switch teams? I would think so. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is. You it live is. in a place that doesn't have a team, and then all of a sudden you do have a team. Like you have a good reason to switch. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think so. He says. I mean, well, I I didn't do. I I admit I didn't do it in Tampa with the Ray with the then Devil Rays when they came in, but part of it is like how good is your team as well? Like if, at the Devil Rays came in, the Braves were in the nineties and they were in their run. I mean, why would I leave that? Yeah, and, and I don't think you have to leave by yeah. any means, but it's a valid reason to leave if you decide to. Yeah, He goes on and says, I love the George Payton hire, but hoping the most significant change turns out well as the ownership transitions. I have seen firsthand the positives of getting that right as a Mets got a lifelong fan with deep pockets to buy the team. And in just a few short months, they have more positive momentum than they have had in decades, hoping something similar can happen with our Broncos. That's my nightmare right now as a Braves fan is a competent Mets organization. One of the things that has helped over the years is that the Mets could always be counted on to do the wrong thing. Could always be counted on to, to, to make the mistake. I mean, you, sometimes you'd say, well, the, something goes wrong. That's so Mets. That's a, that's a thing that exists among Braves fans. You know, that's what so think, Mets. <laughs> you know what I think the Mets need? They need to rebrand to the Metropolitans. It is so much cooler than the Mets. Like, Oh if, yeah. If they got like new jerseys with like a, I could see it in like a script and, and like they can maybe take a cue from uh, the uh, the Brooklyn teams, go black and white, and like it's like a black and white script that says Metropolitans. Like that's so much cooler than the Mets. I really M-E- like the Metropolitans. Yeah, but the thing is though, you want to get that on the front of a jersey. M E T R O P O L I T A N. That's thirteen <laughs> letters. How are you fitting that? That, that's why they're the Mets. No, it'll work. It'll and it'll be like classy, and they'll have like they'll they'll gain a lot of fans just by just by the branding. You gotta, I don't know. You, you have to you have to shrink the typeface too much and compress it. I I I don't think they pulled that one off. Maybe you, maybe you do it in a circle, and it's just oh. like the first circular logo. If we're thinking about this, why don't the Knicks become the Knickerbockers again? They should. <laughs> They That's need something. Cooler. They need something to change their mojo. Holy they crap. need Honestly. a sale. They 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 probably need a sale worse than Washington does. A new owner. But <laughs> honestly, um the Knicks have like a good brand. Like it, it sticks out. It, it 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 hits. The Mets just seem like the Mets. I don't know. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. But uh, yeah. actually the, the what they should go if instead of being Metropolitans that back when they won the World Series in 69, they were the Amazing Mets, and sometimes they're colloquially referred to as the Amazons. That would be better than Mets, the Amazons. That Amazons. is – still, I'm still going Metropolitans. <laughs> uh, guys, before we move on, got to give a shout-out to Hassle Cattle Company. They need no rebranding because they already are just pumping out great stuff. Uh, and – it's damn good beef. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it to you. I have been feasting 
on Hassel Cattle Company products for weeks now, and I can't get enough. Uh, you know, everything I've had so far is good. The, the strips are incredible. Um, the ground, the ground, uh, ground beef is really, really good. Um, the burgers are amazing, but I'm telling you the the ultimate hack, the ultimate secret of Hassel Cattle Company is the jalapeno cheddar sausages. Uh, they're they're super cheap. I think after your your DNVR ten, it's like nine bucks for a pack, um, and these things are off the chain. Super plump and delicious. The cheese just oozes out. The jalapeno hits. It's uh, they're the best sausages I've had in a while. So you're killing you're killing you know, me. That sounds so good. Yeah, I mean their hamburger one, Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. It, it's all amazing. So don't even, don't even hesitate. Uh, hit up hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. And use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your entire order. Uh, and if you go over 200 bucks, you really stock up that meat uh, fridge of yours, you'll get free shipping as well. So check them out, hasslecattlecompany.com. Guys, we've got your weekend all laid out for you. You're going to have some Hassle Cattle Company. You're also going to have some Breck Brews while you're watching these games. And you got to get in on the playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And to celebrate this weekend's playoff games, DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any of this team's any of these games this weekend in football and win 100 to one odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend. And if your team wins, you cash $100 earlier in the show, we told you which games we would pick to win this $100. So just take one of those and run with it this weekend, but don't also forget. There's also basketball going on tonight and this weekend. If you want to get in on all of their daily odds boost, they have so many every single day that are irresistible. Jackie, is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on football this weekend. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Moving on, we've got the count with back-to-back comments here, so we'll start with this one. If George Payton drafts a QB in round one, will there be competition, or or will the new Bean Hucker be the day one starter? Love the count. I love his uh, his commitment to using a different word for quarterback every day. Um, <laughs> and I have to say, um, it just depends on who it is. Um, mm-hmm. I know Zach would prefer – that the Broncos go all in on whoever it is if they draft a quarterback in round one. But I could see a situation where Trey Lance is the quarterback they draft in round one. They say, um, we're really excited about Trey's prospects, but we're also really excited about Drew. Um, We're going to start the season with Drew at quarterback uh, and see where things go from there. So that's that. If they trade up or something and draft – if they trade up and draft – uh, let's say Mac Jones, or sorry. Um, Ooh, I like that. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson. I always get Zach and Mac mixed up. Um, and there was also a Mac Wilson in a recent draft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
then I think you have to you have to like make moves that show that he is going to be the, the quarterback of the future. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, for some reason, the Broncos don't always do what I want them to do. So saying that I do want them to go all in on a first round quarterback, that's what they do. I understand that there's a chance, especially if they stay at nine, that they're not going to go all in on him, making him the day one starter. But it will be very clear that Drew's time is limited. Yeah, I mean, you think back to, for example, Pat Shermer with the Giants, and they picked Daniel Jones in 2019. Eli Manning started the year, but it didn't take long for the baton to be passed. So I would say I don't think that the quarterback they draft would be the starter on day one, but unless it's Trey Lance, if they draft a quarterback, I don't think it'll take long because you imagine that Drew Locke's leash would be short. Count Locula with the back-to-back comments here says, bonus bum talk. The first derriere to appear in art is touted to be the plump rump on the sculpture of the Venus of Willendorf, circa 28,000 BCE to 25,000 BCE. That's just to say that we've been talking Heinz for about as long as Vic has been obsessed with the false positive. Love the count. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Uh, Speaking of bum talk Friday, Greendale human being. Happy Bum Talk Friday, fellas. Speaking of bums, y'all hearing the crazies talking about Urban Meyer potentially picking Justin Fields the number one pick this year? I can't imagine they would have hired him if he said he wanted Fields over Lawrence, right? Since it's brought up uh, the other day, now I get to say how I became a Broncos fan. As I'm from Austin, a Spurs, Longhorns, and Baylor Stars and Rangers fans. But the easy answer is my three older brothers didn't like to share, so I couldn't have the same favorite teams as them. So I picked the Brian Greasy-led Broncos because I mainly thought horses were pretty cool. Plus, uh, my mom and her side of the family were Browns fans, so anything I could do to bring up the drive part one and two was fun. Sorry for the long comment, but my question for today, if the opt-outs of college football, this uh, of the opt-outs from college football this past year, who do you think benefited or was hurt the most? Any players you like in the later rounds because of the lack of films this past year? I have to say, I don't think anyone benefited from it. I don't think so either, like, Let's say, for example, Jamar Chase. When he opted out, clearly was going to be the number one receiver taken in the draft. Well, Devontae Smith did enough to where that's in question. I, I think Jamar Chase doesn't last very long. I think he probably goes in the first seven picks. But now, with what Devontae Smith did building off of his previous years, he's created a question there as to who wide receiver one is, whereas at the time Jamar Chase opted out, there was no question. The the guy who hurt the most, who was hurt the most, it's tough to really go into. One got one player who jumps out though is uh, is Jamie Newman, a quarterback who was at Wake Forest and then transferred to Georgia. And this looked like it could be a big year if he goes down to Georgia, flourishes in that offense. Newman could have played himself, I think, into the late first round conversation. Now he didn't have that because he opted out. All he has is the Wake Forest film. There are some flashes, some consistency issues. He's got a lot of work to do down at the Senior Bowl. He is going to be uh, one of the six quarterbacks down there in Mobile here in just about a week and a half. There's a lot he can do to help his stock, but uh, he's going to have to kind of microwave himself in a hurry in what he does down there because he lost the big chance to really play himself into round one by opting out of that one season he would have had with Georgia. Yeah. Interesting decision there. 
Um, but yeah, I really don't think anyone benefited from it. I think everyone was hurt in one way or another from not playing. Uh, from Free Philip Lindsay, haven't commented in a bit. Would love to see you guys do a really detailed look at the past few years of the Vikings free agency and draft and evaluate how good or bad uh, you guys think the decisions are in a pod someday. I know it would take a significant amount of time, and in Minnesota, the final say was in someone else's hands, but I think it'd be fun. That's definitely something that uh, we can put on the docket for a, for mm-hmm. an upcoming pod. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Uh, and of course, the the one stat you can point at in his drafting history is the Vikings have more pro bowlers that they've drafted in the past decade than any team uh, in the NFL. So that that's a, yeah, a positive it, for him. And if you parse out the day one and two picks, guys, the Broncos had four of 35 picks in the last 10 drafts on days one and two become pro bowlers. In the same time span, Minnesota had 11 out of 30 become wow. pro bowlers. Wow. So more than double, almost triple. Yeah. And if we, what, what, what wide receiver was Justin Jefferson in the draft? Was he the fourth? Yeah, because he went behind b- behind Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb. Yeah. So, I mean, wait, who, who did uh, no, who did the Eagles fifth. take? Oh, yeah. he was fifth? fifth behind Rager. He, he was behind, behind Rager? Rager? Okay. Yeah. Because so there's fifth. the video. I don't. Did you guys see that video that came out? Of Rager? Of the Vikings, like, laughing at the Eagles for drafting Rager? No. Their war room? Yeah. No way. There's a video that came out. I actually saw it on TikTok. It's the only place I've seen it. And maybe there was some editing done here, which if it was, it was very convincing. But basically, uh, the Eagles take Rager, and I believe the Vikings were next on the board. And they're like, they took Rager. They took Rager. Oh, my God. Go. Put it in. Put the pick in right now. Like. <laughs> And like they're all, they're not like laughing, but they're all like smiling and wide-eyed. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's that's amazing. And and look how good that pick turned out to be. If Justin Jefferson was the first wide receiver taken at ten, that would be looked at as a fantastic pick. Instead, he's the fifth receiver taken in the twenties, and it's even more fantastic. Yeah. I see Mace is watching. The <laughs> I'm watching the video. Like Rick Spielman gets this huge grin on his face. Mike, Mike Zimmer, he's leaning in to his screen and then he leans back, takes off his glasses and smiles. They're all, <laughs> they're all ecstatic. Is it, is there a George Payton sighting in there? Uh, no, there's, it, it's a, it's like four people on the screen. And uh, I think, uh, and he, he cuts out right at the moment. I think uh, you had Gary Kubiak on there. You had, Rick Spielman, you had um, Mike Zimmer and somebody else, but not George Payton. So, Mace, if we want to watch this, what what do we Google? Okay, if you Google Vikings draft room laughing, and uh, the, <laughs> the first link that I got was from CBS Sports with a headline, Vikings draft room has amazing reaction after Eagles pick Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And then and somebody put uh, on and they have the Twitter link uh, on that page there. Oh, (laughs) my God. It's. Yeah, that's got to hurt if if, uh, if you're an Eagles fan. It's a lot of things hurt if you're an Eagles fan. (laughs) Can can the can Eagles fans and and I'm sure Allie could attest to this. uh, Do you get to a point where you hurt so much you feel no more pain? Uh, I mean, when you won a Super Bowl as recently as they have, I think you can you can brush it off. 
Okay. Before that, yes. <laughs> Next one coming in from the other Ryan. My boys, happy bum talk. We have a new GM divisional playoff football Friday. I love what current Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spielman had to say about the Broncos new GM George Payton being an outside the box thinker that he looks for competitive advantages and that he helped build the analytics department of Minnesota. I am also enthused about the dedication he showed to hole up in a hotel room for a month preparing for the 2020 draft due to the pandemic, his open-mindedness, and that Peyton will t- will take a lot of input from a lot of people and is a great listener and even keeled to the nth degree. My question for today is, of the following Minnesota free agents, who do you think Peyton might be most interested in signing this offseason? Safety Anthony Harris, linebacker Eric Wilson, defensive line Jaleel Johnson, running back Amir Abdullah, right tackle Rashad Hill, or quarterback Sean Mannion. Have a fantastic Friday and wonderful weekend, and good luck to your Buccaneers, Mace. DNV Army, salute. <laughs> Wasn't Sean Mannion the one who Big Al was all about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was one of my favorite random takes of all time (laughs) yeah sean mannion oh still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in the regular season (laughs) zero touchdowns three picks a robust passer rating of 57.5 better than i expected uh anyways anthony harris and eric wilson are both ballers um if you could get either of those guys, you, you'd love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. with with Harris, are you saying goodbye to Kareem Jackson? Potentially. I mean, again, you know, I'm just talking about the two players that I like the most as yeah. just players. Um, so I don't know exactly how that would work, but both of those guys can go. Uh, so if you could have either of them, you'd love it. Yeah, you would. And you, and you got to think that there'd be some interest. And if he brings them in, that's the ultimate sign that he really likes those guys. For sure. And last one, I believe coming in from LDJ, two first, two first rounders, two seconds, Drew Fant, Melvin Gordon, throw in Tim Patrick. Is it enough for Deshaun Watson? LOL, wishful thinking. Yeah, nope. nope. <laughs> got to throw that extra, extra first round in. Yes, and Cal McNair says that he's texted with Deshaun Watson recently. Uh, so maybe they're starting to repair their relationship. Um, they were too late on the Eric Bieniemy interview. Like, they're never getting that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, it's been quiet on that front for a couple days now. I'll give that to the Texans. That's about the best, best thing they have going for them. Uh, for the Broncos, no, it starts with three firsts and three seconds. I gotta say, I'm just shocked how long that these head coaches are taking to to go with teams. I'm impressed with teams, but uh, aren't there still five openings and there's only two spots been filled? Of course, the Jets filled theirs uh, last night with with a good hire. Um, but uh, yeah, the the Cal McNair Deshaun Watson stuff sounds like uh, you know me and me and uh, middle school talking with girls. It's like you know you just start with texting and then see if you can finally talk in person. And maybe you will, maybe you won't. Well, the other thing that's in play. I mean, you take the Chargers for example, kind of quiet. But uh, if they want Brian Dayball, they might be waiting a little while longer. For example, yeah. because the Bills are still in the playoffs. So uh, there's some of that. I think the curious thing is. Um, the Falcons, you know, may appear to uh, like Joe Brady and uh, appear to like Arthur Smith out of Tennessee. So 
likely one of those two guys, you could have them both right now, are the Falcons waiting to make the GM announcement before they make the head coach announcement? It would be very weird to hire a head coach and then hire a GM, in my opinion. The Bills did it. The Bills, the Bills had, I believe, uh, four months between McDermott and Brandon Bean, and McDermott came first. Fair enough. So it works. If it, it's been tried and it's worked. Uh, before we get out of here, a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Several listeners have made the switch over to Green Mountain Dental uh, and made them their permanently fa- permanent family dentist. They'll reach out and let us know how great their experience was. Uh, and thank us for leading them to such a great practice. Uh, you can join them by heading over to Green Mountain Dental in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like you. Uh, check them out, and when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So not only will they love you, they'll hook you up, uh, and what more could you want? So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. But for us, that wraps it up on a very, very – important week in Denver Broncos history. We thank all of you for riding along with us all week uh, and can't wait to see what conversations come up next week. Enjoy your divisional round weekend and we will talk to you later.